Thank you for tuning in to Wove Inspiration Podcast with host Althea Richardson. Wove stands for Women of Vision and Excellence, and the mission is to inspire, encourage, and uplift women and the men who love them to becoming all they were predestined to be. And it starts with restoration. Anna Maria is an adopted mother who was inspired to write her memoir, Love at the Border, an Adoption Adventure, after her own family journey to Mexico. Anna Maria, thank you so much for being on Wove Inspiration. Oh, thank you for having me. So what inspired you to write your memoir and your experience on being an adoptive mother? Well, good question. It all began with, uh, as many adoption journeys do, with infertility. So we had experienced infertility issues. Uh, I had actually been married previously, experienced infertility issues, and those uh, remained. Uh, But we did persevere and had a beautiful baby girl. Uh, but then adding to the family just became uh, impossible. We didn't, we, we knew that to add to the family, we would have to uh, pursue another route and that was uh, adoption. So that's, uh, but many years had passed, you know, these things happen and you're summarizing them years later, but uh, many years had passed. So the time for an infant uh, had also passed us by. So that's why we focused on an international uh, solution, international adoption, and an older child. She was uh, six, six, almost seven years old by the time we adopted her. Okay. What did that process look like for you? Because I know from from what I've understood, the process specifically when it comes to in- adopting internationally it's a long process. So what did that process look like for you? Correct. Yes. Well, it, it entails uh, extensive interviews, applications, obviously reference checks, psychological evaluations, and then all of that, you know, notarized and apostilled sent to many orphanages uh, in Mexico. And then the waiting begins. And so it's, it's, uh, the, the requirements actually have changed since we adopted. And I know there is more of a residence requirement for the country now, but at the time there, there was none, but we did visit Mexico, uh, three times to finalize the adoption. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's expense. a lot of travel. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. So, okay, so you've adopted a six-year-old at that time. You, the child was six years old. What was the experience like for her having to meet mm-hmm, the new family? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I've heard other people comment that they were, uh, you know, brought in by the, uh, the myth of adoption. And parents go in with all of the best loving intentions, and certainly we did, but uh, at the time, I'll just kind of cut to the chase for you here and, and just say quite frankly that I don't know if I recognized all of the, um, you know, all adoptions begin with separation, the trauma of separation and loss. And I don't know that I fully understood that uh, these, you know, 20, 20, 19, 20 years ago. And her, you know, despair at losing her, her culture and her, her caregivers, uh, and, you know, and that's the reason I wrote these books is just to, to demonstrate that the sights and the smells, the food and all the wonderful things uh, about her being brought up in Mexico were, were gone. And um, 
And, and people used to say to us, oh, she's so lucky to be adopted by such a wonderful family. And, and that's wonderful. And we loved her very much. But, you know, she also, she gave up so much. Yeah. So how was the adjustment for her, you know, going from Mexico to, to now the United mm. States and, you know, Can the you, culture? Isn't that a funny thing to even think about? So yeah. she went to bed one night in a, in a Cuernavaca, Mexico, and then the next day was sleeping in suburban Philadelphia. Wow. So it's just, you know, when you say it like that, it's, it's so, it, it was, it was very hard, very difficult for her. And I don't think she even realized they, they told us that they had, of course, prepared her and talked to her and she had seen other children kind of, you know, leave the orphanage, but, um, I, I don't think she fully understood. And it took, uh, as you can imagine, just many, just years. It, it wasn't all just, you know, tears and sorrow, but it was initially a very difficult adjustment. But kids are resilient. I mean, we had a wonderful school district and excellent support, and I relied on professional help. So, I mean, short and long answer, it, it took, uh, it was difficult, uh, but it, it was ultimately successful, if that's if I can summarize it in a word. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And and I commend you for doing what you did for that little girl because there are a, little, a lot of young children out there, um, whether they're in another country or here in the United States, that so desire, that are adoptive, they so desire to have a family. You're so right. And yep. I know that there's hoops and things here in the United States that people have to go through. But, you know, what What can you offer for that family who is considering mm -hmm. adoption and they're, they find themselves becoming very discouraged because of the obstacles that they have to go through to, to get the child? Yeah, it's, it, it's very difficult. I, I, was able to gather strength from other uh, adoptive families. So that's always a good network for just to, to meet others and, you know, agencies kind of help with that process. And that's very, very valuable. As I said previously, we relied on professionals and then, you know, my husband and I just had a, a code of, uh, you know, honesty always with, you know, we didn't try and sugarcoat anything. We, you know, told her she was going to live with us and go to school. And, and we made, we made many attempts to, um, I, I, I thought her, her culture was extremely important. And we made many attempts to, um, you know, have her retain some of that and, and try to help her retain her Spanish. She ultimately within very quickly, you know, learned English. But then, uh, by the time middle school, high school approached, she herself had to get serious about finding her language again. And she did with, with our help and, and she became fluent again. So that was, that was a victory. That's awesome. And so what is she doing now? Oh, she's just a, a, a beautiful young woman that works in the nonprofit world um, in the area of uh, sexual abuse and violence and helps others. Awesome. So she's yeah, and and in the uh, Hispanic community conducts a lot of the uh, outreach, education, and intervention in Spanish. So wow. she's we're we're very proud of her. That's amazing, really. So and you've also written some other books, and and one of them is well, it's actually a series that you're yes. doing now. Yes. Um, life adventures, and can you yes. tell me a little bit more about that? So uh, when. 
I began to think, you know, after the memoir was finished, what, as you said earlier, what are the hurdles? What are the things that adoptive families need to think about? So, and uh, I began to think about our own journey and what, what discussions, what revelations, what thoughts would have helped us with the process. So I thought I had more to say and began to, um, I began a series of children's books. And these are, I want to mention, these are not about my daughter because she would kill me if I wrote any more about her. She just, <laughs> I'm like, this is not about her. But it is all the events in the books, of course, are prompted by actual events in our family. So I was very comfortable writing about that. And it's about, you know, a young girl adopted internationally. And the first book is just, of course, getting acclimated to a new culture, a new family, making those adjustments. The second book, which was just launched, um, is called How I Wonder Where You Are. And it's a very natural, um, you know, thought process of this uh, adopted girl thinking about it's, it's, it's her birthday. And she's also at school asked to draw a family tree. So sometimes these events, birthdays, family tree, these assignments at school related to culture or family are very triggering for adopted children. And, uh, it, it causes her to really think about, you know, she, she doesn't look like her family. Other people say to her sister that, oh, your sister looks like your mom, but not to her, of course. And so this is, this is hard. This is hard for, for kids. So I wanted to write about it and just make it, you know, something that parents and children could discuss. Mm-hmm. Now, I also noticed that there are some, uh, featured in these stories are also, information on the perspective of foster care and stepchildren and blended Mm -hmm. families. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, that's part of the series. So the series is just beginning with uh, first the stories about adoption. So some of the stories in the future will be uh, related to some of these blended families and, and those have yet to be written. So stay tuned. Okay. Okay. So what is your experience with that, specifically foster care? Because I've seen horror stories after horror Mm -hmm. stories Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. um, children that have come, went into the foster care system. They got kind of lost in there, being transferred from one family to another. They've been in a foster care environment where it was very abusive. And I mean, I've even, because I'm a counselor as well, I've talked to Mm -hmm. a couple of women that have experienced abuse when they were in foster care. So what is your experience or what's your perspective on that? Uh, Well, this is, again, something that that I'm going to be devoting time to uh, in the future. I do have um, two nieces that started out in the foster care system and were adopted by my brother. So um, it's it's part of the family. But again, I I have not... uh, um, I've not... I've I've raised an adopted child and a a biological child. Uh, But... So that is uh, something that I'm I'm going to be including for future books. Okay, okay. And how did your your daughter and well the your two children now? How did they get along with each other? You know, it's funny. People ask that question, and it's interesting. And this happens in in every family. They're completely opposite personalities. So it's 
I, I think the relationship has sort of ebbed and flowed through the years. The, they went, they ended up going to different high schools and of course, different colleges. And, and now that they're older, they both have careers. It's interesting. I think they're, they're coming back to each other a little bit. So it's, it's, um, unfortunately they don't live near each other. So that makes it difficult, but so we'll see. Okay. So let's say, for example, we have a couple that adopts a child and everything and, but the child is, is a baby and they're growing up in, in the environment and everything. When do you think that parents should have the conversation about their being, them being adopted? Because that can be real sensitive as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, from what I've read, and, and you know, everyone has, you know, many people weigh in on this. My thought is that it should just be part of that child's story from the beginning. Uh, you know, I've now just read a lot of children's books. And, uh, you know, children love to hear the story about the, the, the night they were born, whether, you know, they were adopted or or. Uh, biological or and there's some interesting books out there about when the parents were were notified of of the child and and um and i just i just love i just love that mindset that as soon as that uh, you know a child is listening to stories you know formulated in such a way that that they know from the beginning even though they don't understand the concept of adoption is to start to use the words and familiarize and as I said, truth and honesty, I think, really is uh, beneficial. Yes, absolutely. So what other projects? I know you have the series that's going on. Are there any other book projects that you're considering as well in writing in regards to adoption or any of the other um, subjects that you had mentioned earlier? Well, not necessarily books, but uh, I, I'd like to. The next book that I write will be a little bit folk, more focused on challenges that uh, a child face, faces in school. Children, you know, can come from all different types of families, and sometimes the challenges in those families bring themselves to school, and it's not always easy. So, I think with this the book series that I have, the next the the next challenge for me, maybe to, to go to schools and talk about these things and maybe involve children, do some readings. And that's, that's on the agenda. Okay. Okay. And you're also active with uh, Women International Leaders in Philadelphia. Can you tell me yes. some more information about that? Oh, so yes. Yeah, so two organizations in Philadelphia, I'm very active with one Women International Leaders is a small nonprofit, we raise money for women in under-resourced countries in the form of uh, for microfinance loans and grants for their businesses. So the, we're, we're focused on getting women um, to a point where she can provide for herself and her family in, uh, let's see, we've been active in uh, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, Uganda, a little bit of, little bit of Mexico, and so it's it's important for uh, women to uh, be able to care for themselves and their families. And then Impact 100 is uh, I'm co-chair of the grants committee and women, it's a collective kind of giving circle sort of thing. Women pay a certain amount and then we um, evaluate 
applications from uh, nonprofits within the uh, local Philadelphia area and give impactful grants of uh, $100,000. Wow. So there, yeah, it's a lot of, we raise a lot of money. Oh, okay. so yeah. So That's it's uh, awesome. very, very exciting. And we're just, we're just getting started now with um, the grant season. <laughs> so it's uh, challenging. Yeah. But I it's, it's good. It is. <laughs> I've heard that writing grants is, yeah, that's a lot. It's a whole lot. So how can people get in contact with you, purchase your books, and also follow you on all of the social media platforms? Uh, well, I am on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and Instagram, and uh, Anna MDDO. And then my website is AMDDO. My last name is D-I-D-I-O. And my website is A-M, Anna Maria, AMDDO.com. And on the um, uh, the website, of course, I have a summary of the books. I've, I've done a little adoption coaching, just talking to families as they're waiting for children. And uh, I, I have some some resources on on the um, uh, on the website as well as some <laughs> as well as some recipes that that got us through uh, some tough times. Okay. Uh, of course, the books. So the books are for sale on Amazon right now. I'm going to get them on some other platforms, but right now uh, they're on Amazon. Awesome, awesome. So, do you have any last words for our listening audience? Uh, for, well, for any families out there considering uh, adoption. I think it's just important to, as I said, network with other families, do your research, find out, make the the first decision, I guess, is really uh, international versus domestic, and then uh, stay in contact with professionals who can really guide you on the... Um, Obviously, the type of child that you're that you're interested in. There's many foster to adopt situations out there, and I know that requires some training and, as you said, some personal time and investment. So it's really it really depends. Every every adoption situation is unique. is is really the saying that I that I go back to. But it's really important to um, uh, to take each step uh, thoughtfully and planfully and um, see what's best for your family. Yeah. Definitely. Anna Maria, it has been a pleasure and blessing to have you on Wove Inspiration. Thank you so much for sharing a lot of inf great information and hopes that it will help someone who has a desire to want to adopt. Well, thank you so much for having me. Great conversation. Hey, you guys, this is Althea with Wove Inspiration Podcast. Have an awesome day. Take care. God bless. Hey, this is Althea, host and producer of Wove Inspiration Podcast. Wove Inspiration features women and the men who love them who use their voice to share their stories of overcoming obstacles in life. Everyone has a story, some good, some not so good. The common factors for guests on Wove Inspiration are their solutions and their victorious endings. You can follow us and leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Wove Inspiration. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform you listen to podcasts. 